Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Forest Spirituality with me, Julie Brett. So today I'd like to talk a little bit about sowing in Australia and the things that I've been experiencing here since the last turn of the wheel. I've been going through these seasonal um, observations for a few turns now and I'm planning to do it um, regularly. So if you'd like to hear about another time of year, if you're coming across this at another time, you might like to look through the feed um, that I have of, of different ones and see if there's one that's appropriate to the time of year that you're listening to now. Uh, but yeah, so um, what I'm feeling at the moment is um, I've been noticing that on the, the Wheel of the Year that I've created for um, my observations of the Australian cycles, the native cycles, uh, I made that for the Northern Beaches and I'm sort of reworking it again as I've moved up to the Blue Mountains. And um, something I've noticed is that in both of those places, the bush is quite quiet at this time of year. There's there's not a great deal happening in terms of um, flowers that are out or, or things like that, though, though there is a bit of a, a greening coming back as the um, in, in that sort of mild part of the year that I find that the, the bush is most green in the spring and the autumn um, and we get a bit of die back I suppose because of either the cold or the, the heat so this is quite a green time of year um, but also um, here in the mountains anyway the the biggest time for native flowers is from the winter solstice to the summer solstice and the other, like the waning half of the year, um, doesn't have a great deal of flowers. Um, might see some, but in my little valley, um, it's quite green. Um, and if there is new growth, it tends to be um, coming up from the ground. They might, because uh, there are mushrooms around and that mulchy, um, fertility of the soil with the mushrooms growing there seems to encourage a bit of um, sprouting from, from that undergrowth. I think I might have mentioned this last time I was talking about um, autumn equinox um, because it, it's sort of continuing uh, through that whole autumn period. So there's this contrast between sort of the quietness, I suppose, of, of things happening in the bush and the just absolute riot of colour and activity that's going on with the deciduous trees around town um, and in people's gardens and things. We've, we've got a lot of sweet gums and Canadian maples and oak trees here in the mountains. There's a, a lot of old planted um, European species and ash trees and um, yeah, all, all kinds of ones that go beautiful colours um, in the autumn time. So, so as you look out over the valleys here in Katoomba, it's just a rainbow. It's absolutely lovely. Um, but, yeah, it's sort of like this little pocket around the town of these deciduous trees and, and then there's the wide expanse of the, the forest of the, the Blue Mountains National Park around us where it's just, yeah, very green. Um, so yeah, there's a lot. There's so much happening here in the the introduced species that it's quite easy to forget about what's happening with the the native species. And um, I've, I find it interesting that at this time of year, I don't have a lot of plant symbolism um, for the natives, um, and I, I tend to focus more on those deciduous trees. 
and maybe there's nothing really wrong with that. Um, I, I've, I've, I mean, obviously this is a time of the ancestors and acknowledging our ancestors. And for those of us that have, um, you know, introduced ancestors, for lack of a better word, you know, we, um, there, there is that sort of connection there with those, those trees that came along with us. So, um, but yeah, we, we can, of course, look at it in terms of that three ancestors idea. And, and that's, that's something I'm thinking of, of looking at more, I suppose, um, as in this season and, and noticing maybe subtle changes that are happening in the bush um, that I could bring into that Samhain symbolism because the, you know, the, the autumn leaves is quite an obvious choice for symbolism if you live in a place where they are and so many of our urban areas do have them. Um, but, yeah, if we live in somewhere that's um, more native plant, um, you know, it has more dominant presence of native plants and then maybe there's there's something to be seen there or maybe it's just a matter of making that effort to go out and and look for it um I suppose I have noticed that there are quite a lot of gum nuts around and I think that's because of the timing of when we got some rain over the summer and there was uh, a lot of blossom on the trees and obviously the, the nuts come a few months after the blossoms die back um and yeah so I've noticed quite a lot of gum nuts around on the floor um but yeah there's there's other things to be seen there I think and I, I suppose right now I just I'm setting that intention to look uh for that because I've noticed that my my symbolism is so heavily reliant on uh, on the introduced species um I do also have I've also recognize this time of year is when I really notice that the full moon rises in darkness uh and that that was really noticeable when I lived at the beach um because you get that full view of the horizon out to the east and uh, we often um, would go and see the moon rise and uh yeah seeing it rise in the summertime in that sort of purpley pink light is a very different experience to seeing it rise in the dark um so it seemed quite a a strong symbol um, down there living at the beach. Um, but here I live in a fairly deep valley and I like to the east there's a hill so I don't get that same sense of the moon um, rising though obviously just the general um, earlier darkness approaching is um, is part of it. And I, I've, I've written before in my blog about um, the symbolism of darkness, like this is the dark half of the year, it's a, um, but, but that's often misinterpreted as something negative. It's definitely uh, a turning within to the, you know, the, the less seen parts of our existence, to the inner world, so it's a good time for dreaming uh, or, or thinking about our intuition and our, our sense of um, connection with the unseen, so with, with spirit, with ancestors, with story, with, um, you know, magic uh, in the world. And um, it's, it's a lovely time for doing divination. A lot of people do divination. It's also a wonderful time to remember our ancestors and um, maybe light a fire and pour a libation or put an offering of some kind onto the fire. Just I was putting handfuls of apple wood chips onto the fire the other night um, and just, you know, 
it's, it's also a time of letting go. It's the end of the harvest. It's the beginning of winter and that time of rest. Um, it's a it's a great time for sort of the the magic of ending. Uh, this is the end of the year and also in, in the Celtic calendar, the beginning of the new year. But, you know, there's that sense of like um, releasing the final harvest to then allow for some quiet time before the seed of the new year begins to form or germinate in our psyches. Uh, so I've actually been thinking about these next three festivals, so Samhain, Yule, the winter solstice, and Imolk in the springtime, as um, related to each other through that, that process of that rebirth in the dark time of the year. And so if if the winter solstice is a time of sort of transformation and change and, um, you know, moving from decline through a transformative point back to increase as the, the light and, um, you know, the energy of the year starts to rise again, uh, then Samhain is, is like the final letting go. So if there's a, a letting go and a finishing energy there, and then there's a transformation point at Yule, and then there's a, a bringing in at Imolk. There's there's sort of a, a little opportunity there for a journey, I think, um, just in that small part of the year. So whenever we let something go, we allow space for something new to come in uh, and yeah, choosing what it is that we want to, to let go of um, can be quite a... A powerful thing like and and energetically at this time of the year we're, we're looking to to sort of rest and move inward um I think that we we also go through this sense of rebirth um and letting go and a newness in that the summer solstice there's that that sense of burning off with that fire energy and and letting go with the bark fall and and sort of releasing things that we don't need but I've always felt that in the summertime that's very physical um, and it's very much about letting go of things I don't need so, or, or activities that I don't need, whereas perhaps in the dark half of the year it's more of a, an emotional or a, um, sort of like the, the focus of your mind, um, sort of the internal workings. It's, it's the unseen part um, of us uh, that we're, we're working with there and, and maybe there's things that we need to let go of um, that are, you know, maybe stopping us from focusing on priorities and it's it's about those mental priorities as opposed to physical worldly priorities that we might be thinking about in the summer time. So, um, you know, deciding, uh, you, you know, certain areas of your life that you're putting attention into are, are less important or, or that they've they've come to a close or feeling like some some projects have have finished and and coming to sort of the, an end with certain things can make space at this time just for peace I think just for like we don't need to bring anything in urgently at this point I think focusing on finalizing and letting letting things sort of come to a um, fruition is is really nice and important um, there and and we can allow for some mental transformation like that that winter time 
um, is is really like, you know, it's the cauldron time. There's something brewing in there waiting to be born in the springtime. It's a, it's a time of, of quite a lot of, you know, um, mental fertility. There's, there's space in our lives for more mental work. Um, the darkness means we, we can do, or, or even the cold means we can do more indoor activities if we want. I mean, living in the mountains, it's pretty cold and we, we, I want to be inside, but I know in other places it's actually a lovely time of year to be active. And, um, you know, the, the winter might mean something quite different in other places. But um, that's for you to explore. And I would love to hear um, what your experiences with that are. But, um, yeah, I suppose for me what's what's been working well both here in the mountains and down on the beaches is this idea of the wheel of two life cycles and that, that rebirth, death and rebirth that happens at both the winter solstice and the summer solstice and a kind of a growth time and a high activity time in the spring and the autumn um, with a sort of reset time in the height of summer and the, and the, the depths of winter. Uh, so, but yeah, with that different focus on um, mental uh, work or inner work uh, or spiritual work in the winter time, also like study and... Um, you know, gathering ideas and inspiration and focus, um, you know, just or, or even, you know, letting them go at the beginning of winter and then, you know, brewing what it is that you're seeking in the middle of winter and then gathering inspiration and, and bringing it in as we go towards Imolk. So um, it's sort of a, a mental rest time. Whereas in the summertime, it's a, it's a time when we have to sort of, prioritize our, our energy can be quite taxed in that that heat of the summer and um yeah sort of making sure that we use our energy really wisely um, by letting go of of unnecessary activity can be really important I think so so it's like that you know light active uh external action focused um half of the year and that internal uh mental spiritual intuitive half of the year and and how rebirth the idea of rebirth might be enacted in each of those is the relationship between the the two solstices but yes but it is Samhain so I should be talking about Samhain um so yeah but I, I suppose Samhain is is like when we're stepping through that doorway into winter um and we can see sort of the the final stages of, of this year of, of the agricultural cycle, which is still the same as that one cycle through the year, um, as far as most of our foods go. Um, and, uh, yeah, stepping into that fallow time, um, it's, there's a symbolism there um, that, you know, the, the harvest has come in and it's time to um, rest, really. Uh, this is the beginning of the rest time, um, the final harvest, I suppose, like working out, just finishing. So, yeah, um, I know a lot of people have been lighting a fire or some candles and honouring the ancestors. And uh, it would be nice to just end this with a little meditation for our ancestors. So, so close your eyes. Take a few deep breaths if you have the right moment to do so.
and just think of the ancestors of the land where you live. From the first people to walk in that place. And the many stories that they had. And the stories of all the people that have been there since those people and you. And how all of those stories, good and bad, have shaped that land. We just recognise that they are there. We honour their stories. And we honour the ancestors of our traditions, our inspirations, our truth. The ancestors of Druidry, the ancestors of nature spiritualities and connections to place, the ancestors that have shown us what is true for us and made us who we are. We honour the ancestors of our bloodlines and our milk lines, those who've nurtured us and helped us to grow in our bodies and the stories of the many generations that came before us and the cultural heritage that we hold within our bones and blood, tooth and nail. Hail and welcome to the ancestors. We honour you on Samhain. And perhaps some of these ancestors might step forward and offer you a blessing of the season. And thank them for being with you. And though they're always with you, bid them hail and farewell. And yes, so thank you very much for listening. And I have lots of podcasts coming up for you. I've got a few sitting on my computer ready to be edited. And I'm really looking forward to sharing them with you. And um, I'll see you next time.